Welcome, weary travelers, to the great big universe of Excess Press. This is a weekly podcast to bring you the news of the Disney theme parks and resorts. Witness for yourselves the wonders of Excess Press. And now, let's begin. everyone and welcome to another episode of excess press my name is matt and i'm the host of this disney theme parks news podcast in this episode 105 where we once again bring you another interview with a cast member now on today's show we have elise who is a returning guest so this is actually part two of her episode so last time we saw her she was on show number 94 uh, and that was called dancing at walt disney world part one so this is part two so make sure if you haven't listened to that episode yet i would highly recommend you listening to that one and let me tell you guys wow we sure do have a show in store for you this was honestly one of my favorite interviews that i've had uh speaking with her this second time around you just see how much passion and love she has for disney and for the craft of, of dancing and man I, I even geeked out in this episode a lot and yeah this was a fantastic episode and it was so much fun speaking with elise once more so i think you guys are really gonna love this episode uh and i hope you do because i love it and i yeah i cannot wait for you guys to listen to this uh but again uh make sure you listen to episode 94 if you have not listened to it yet so why don't we just jump right into it and begin this episode of the excess press podcast Welcome back to the show, Elise. Elise, how's it going? Going well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited for you to be back on the show. It's been, I think, over a month now. I can't remember since we last spoke. So yeah, yeah. excited. How was the How was the rest of your summer? It's good. I'm still acting like it's summer. So <laughs> <laughs> I hold out for as long as possible. Oh, perfect. And then when it starts to get cold, I'll finally don a jacket or something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I assume. Do you guys get a lot of, because we, we talked on the last show, you're from Utah. Do you get a lot of snow in your area? We do. Um, it, I mean, it, it kind of varies winter to winter, but sometimes we get, you know, just more mild winters. And then other times it's like 
just snow every single day. So just kind of depends on the year, but super hot summers, cold winters, and then spring and fall are kind of in between. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm trying to keep, uh, uh, summer going as long as I can. I'm about to leave on vacation, so it's 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 oh. good for me. It's a good way to end my summer. <laughs> Where are you going? Uh, so I'm heading to Italy and uh, Dublin as well. So, what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's an amazing vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, something my my wife and I've been planning for a bit. So we haven't had like a long vacation this year. So this is uh, yeah, this is our thing. We're about the about to head out in two days. So oh, that's so exciting! Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. So I think when this episode comes out, we're probably going to be eating pizza on the streets of Rome somewhere. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I've done it at Epcot. So does that count? It does. It does. Yeah. I've, I've eaten at Via Napoli before and I'm going to yes. say that it's really good pizza. Yeah. And it's a good bargain too. Uh, it's a, it's a really good bargain if you're with like a big group. It's good for big groups. If you have, I know you said last episode, you have like a huge family that you go with. So I'm sure that's yes. perfect for you guys that they like community tables. Yeah. Oh, they're so big. I love those tables. I know. No, it's great. Yeah. It's a cool environment. I had never eaten there until a few years ago, but I love it. So cool. Um, all right. Well, let's get this started. So, uh, again, if you haven't listened, I, I talked about it in the intro. So if you haven't listened to Elisa's first episode, make sure you go back and do that because she had just so much, I don't know, so many experiences that you shared. And it, it was a lot. That was a long episode. It was like close to an hour, I think. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's get this one started. Uh, so just to recap from last episode, um, in case some of the listeners don't want to listen to the first episode, but I think they should. Um, yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah, just just to recap, to refresh kind of my memory, to re- your memory. Um, so we talked about your first two college programs, which were really interesting because the first college program, you were with your sister, brother-in-law, and best friend. Yep. Yep, so there was that, and you, you were essentially a, a dancer in, it could be like three, what was it, three separate uh, kind of, not events, but parades? Uh, shows and parades, yeah. Yeah, shows and parades. You were in the Share a Dream Parade as a, a dancer. Uh, you were in the Hoedown with the Country Bears, as well as you held, uh, what did you call it, the rope at the end of uh, Spectro Magic, right? Yep, yep. You did that, and then you had your second college program that you were then with your younger sister and your cousin. Yes. Yeah, and and there you were a character performer. Uh-huh. Um, you just had like a, a very wide resume of things. It's crazy. Um, it was so. It was just so great. Such yeah. a great experience. No, and yeah, hearing everything was great. And you also met who is your now husband. You met your husband on the uh, the Disney College program. I did. Yeah. So it, it was great. You It was a f- phenomenal episode, and I'm excited to dive in deep. So we're pretty much going to go from where we left off was was pretty much the end of your second college program. So uh, what happened after that? You Because uh, I know we were talking about how you wanted to you, – you pretty much said – I th- believe you said you had a, a semester left of school. So kind of walk us through what happened next. So after my college program ended, um, I went back finished up my last semester of school and then my my boyfriend so Chaston that's his name that's my husband um he moved from New Orleans to Utah during my last semester um and then I graduated and about a month after I graduated we took a trip to Disney World and he took me to the um we were there for about a week but on the first night that we got there he took me to the Polynesian uh resort 
right across the Seven Seas Lagoon from Magic Kingdom. And he proposed, which oh, wow. is the same place where he told me he loved me for the first time on our college program. So it was uh-huh. kind of nostalgic and romantic, you know, all the fun stuff. And um, then after that, we came back to Utah. We got married here. And then um, during my last semester at BYU, where I went to school, um, I was involved with uh, the Disney College Program Campus Representative Program. And so what that is, is if you've done a college program, you can go back to your school and you can be a campus rep and kind of recruit other students to do the college program. And so by doing that, you still get all of your perks of like getting into the parks for free and still being labeled a cast member. So I really wanted to do that. So I applied for that after my college program ended and I got to do it. And so once I graduated from school, I was no longer a cast member at all by any capacity. And so for from 2005 to 2009, basically, I had been a cast member on and off. And I thought, I can't not be a cast member anymore. Like, this is this, this is what I do now. <laughs> so I had heard that, like we talked about on our last podcast, that um, on our last show, that Disney will travel around the U.S. and they'll do auditions for entertainment cast members to come down and work at Disney World. So I had graduated in April, got married in August, and then the following October, they were having auditions here in Salt Lake City. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to go and see if I can get a seasonal position. And uh, that way I can still be a cast member and we can still live here and my husband can finish school here and because he still had a couple years left. Um, And so that's what we were going to do. And... I went to the audition and I told you about Soroya in the last show, right? How she had offered me Festival of the Lion King. Yeah, she was the the person who kind of auditioned you the first time. And then I think you saw her like maybe three years later. And that's when Uh she... Okay, yep. Yep. So she happened to be at this audition again, which is kind of funny because there are several people that work in casting. And so it's not always the same people who come to audition. And it just so happened to be her. And when I walked in the room, she was like, Elise. And she was so excited to see me, which again, made me feel so good. (laughs) And she said, are you coming down? She said, you're done with school now. Yes. Because I don't know if you recall on the last show, we talked about how she was going to get me Lion King, but they pushed the rehearsals back. And so I never Mm -hmm. got to learn it. Yep. And it had been my dream since I'd been 12. And so she said that she said, are you coming back? And I said, potentially, you know, that's why I'm here. So I auditioned and then a month later we were vacationing in New Orleans to see my husband's family and I got a phone call from Walt Disney World and they offered me a position as a full-time cast member in the Festival of the Lion King show at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Wow, look at you. (laughs) So I, of course, was ecstatic. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I would be too. You you said over and over that it was your dream, so yeah. Yes, and so... um, and I'd never told casting that I just always wanted to be in it. And so she was the one who had offered it to me a couple times. And I thought they want like, cause in my mind, I thought I'm perfect for that show. And the fact that casting saw it too, it was just, it was really, really exciting. And so about a month later, or I had about a month to make a decision to let them know if we were going to move across the country or not. And we finally decided we were going to make the move. And so my husband and I moved back to Orlando to work full time. And thank heaven, he actually was still seasonal. 
Um, I'm trying to remember the logistics of what, of how he was still seasonal, but he still was. So he was able to just pick up shifts right when we got there. So and was I he? I started Lion King right when we got there. Okay, perfect. So so wait, was he still in school or was he done by then? No, he wasn't. So he actually lost everything in Hurricane Katrina. He lost his home. Oh, geez. Okay. Um, so his school shut down. Um, so he was out of school for about a year and then he did the college program. Um, soon after that, I know he went back to school for a little bit, but then he went and did the college program. That's when he met me. He moved out to Utah. So he kind of got pushed back a few semesters. Gotcha. Okay. And so that's why he still had about two years left. Okay. All right. So yeah, so he, um, so he actually didn't go to school while we were in Florida. He finished back out here after we moved back out here. So he got his degree in Utah as well. But that was just a few years after. Okay. All right. So, so yeah, now you, yeah. so you both made the move down to, to down to Disney. That's so how, so how yeah. was that move going back? It was awesome. It was hard because it was in January, which is great there because we're escaping winter here, but the drive across the country was a little crazy. We caught so many blizzards and it was scary but yeah my my (laughs) mom my mom goes back and forth between like north carolina and colorado and she just she's always hesitant to just move in the winter because she's always got to watch the storms usually she'll go like she'll go way out of the way in the south to make like through texas and all that just to like avoid all those storms (laughs) it's safer yeah (laughs) so yeah so we we found ourselves an apartment uh down in lake buena vista um right close to disney and I started uh, orientation and training for Lion King the, basically the day we got down there. And um, it was about a three-week, three or four-week uh, rehearsal process, learning the show, learning blocking, um, just like where, where you go on the stage and things like that, and then getting trained in your costumes. So in Festival of the Lion King, uh, the girls have the potential to be uh, five different animals. There's cheetah, giraffe, snake, zebra and elephant and the first two that I learned were snake and giraffe so those were my first two tracks and um and about six months later I learned the other three so I was doing all five within the first six months wow that's really intense (laughs) yeah but it was fun because you know you learn like they have the um cosmetology backstage who teach you how to do your makeup so you're doing your own makeup every morning um and it's like just kind of these African not symbols but like just just African style makeup on your face and it kind of matches that. Um, it's like a, how do I want to call it? It's, you know, it kind of relates to your animal a little bit, whatever animal you are. So uh-huh. your makeup yeah. goes with that. So, okay. So, yeah. so what was, so I'll be honest, I've actually never seen Festival of the Lion King. Uh, what? I know. <laughs> I know. I get, I get yelled at all the time, but we do have fast passes to see it on my upcoming trip because uh, everyone says I have to see it. And I was like, you know what? This is the time for me to finally see it. So yes. Um, yeah. Only because like, mostly because like when we're on a shorter vacation, I, I'm not like a big fan of the shows. So yeah. like when I'm on a short vacation, like I can, I just kind of go past them but we have like a really long trip coming up so i was like okay i'm i'm doing it i'm, I'm definitely doing it uh yes. so but uh, Good. i know i know you know it's the number one rated show on property right uh is oh is it really uh-huh we get surveys back and so when i was working there like every six months or so they would come out with the ratings for attractions and shows and they would let us know like once again festival of the lion king's number one rated show on property and it was always really fun 
Oh, that's so cool. No, I knew yeah. I knew it was definitely one of the most popular. Uh, I was I was I guess I was thinking either that or Finding Nemo. Um, yeah, that's up there too. Yeah. So fantastic. Oh, oh yeah, Fantasmic. Oh, that's one of my favorites at Walt Mine Disney World. Mine too. I love Fantasmic. Yeah, you were saying it would have been your dream to be Sorcerer Mickey on the last show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm way too tall, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> now I hear you. Uh, well, so I'm curious because the the Festival of the Lion King is a, it's a huge production. Like I've yeah. I've seen some clips of it and and uh, like photos and this thing is it's it's no like to me it's when i look monster. at yeah when i look at like the beauty and the beast stage show like that's nothing compared to like this uh, i you've mean you've got floats moving you've got monkeys flying through the air birds being tied up and flying through the air like it's crazy yeah so i'm i'm kind of curious like what's like a what was like a day-to-day or what was more like a, a a day in production for you so like i imagine you like this is just what i think i i imagine you getting there early in the morning getting ready but i can't imagine you doing every show so can you just talk about like what a day was uh for you yeah yeah so um we would arrive about an hour before our first show that's a lie well no an hour before our first show um, and I remember hearing on one of your other podcasts, um, there was a guy who talked about the bikes behind Animal Kingdom. Oh yeah, uh huh, yep. And uh, so we would, I would grab a bike, you know, ride to the, my backstage area, right in uh, by Lion King. And when I was in the show, the Lion King was in Camp Mini Mickey, not in Africa yet, where it's placed now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I would take the bike, go backstage. We would come in, you know, get on our warm up clothes clock in all that stuff and then we would go have warm-ups um every morning all together and which is so great disney that's something i want to stress like disney is big on the whole safety begins with me thing and they make sure that no matter what you're doing that you are warmed up you're ready to go because they're trying to avoid injury at all cost and things like that so it's really cool that they do that every single morning even characters do warm-ups every single morning um, before their shift so we would go up and uh, go into the trailer, do warm-ups. Then we would get all of our costume pieces together, get our makeup on. And then typically there are about eight shows a day, um, eight or nine shows during high season. And you had two casts. So cast A would do the first show in the morning, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And then cast B would come in by the noon show. And then you'd kind of alternate at that point. Um, and so you would do anywhere from three to five shows, depending on what cast you were in. And then typically, if you were cast A, so the morning cast, um, you would go and do Mickey's Jam and Jungle Parade during the afternoon. And so if you were watching the parade out in the park, then the people that you saw in the Lion King in the morning would be the same performers that you would see out in the parade. At least the animals, not the equity performers, like the monkeys who fly and the birds who fly and the hyena who, um, you know, keep fire knife twirls and with all that stuff but <laughs> you're just your regular your character dancers um were in the parade and so that was typical as far as schedules go um and then if you were cast b you were just at lion king all day usually doing four or five shows a day wow that's pretty intense so there was like kind of i mean with the parade at the time there's very little downtime uh downtime it seems well, you it actually, if you think about um, all the other roles that you could be as a cast member, so if you're working, let's say, the turnstiles at the front of the park, you are working all day, you get two 15-minute breaks and a half an hour lunch. 
But in entertainment, it's a little bit different because if you're on stage for a half an hour, you're required to be off stage for a half an hour. And so we got to have a half an hour in between each show. And then our lunches were typically an hour and a half to two hours long. Oh, Just wow. because you've got your hour lunch and then the other cast is filling that next show during your lunch. So there's kind of a lunch break plus that extra time. So our lunch time actually was, our break time total was incredible compared to what other people had to, um, I don't want to say endure, but you know, it's nice to get a break. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Well, I definitely do want to talk the, about the parade a little bit at one point. Um, yeah. But uh, well, I just had a question and now I can't remember what it was. Oh, so you were talking about the, the two teams, the team, what was it? The team A and B? Is that cast what you A and cast B. Uh-huh. Cast A and cast B. So would there, would you guys ever mix up the, like mix the team? So like, say like they need you to fill in cast uh cast B like or if you were on cast A like how did how did that work yes um so usually you're just with your cast that day and then your schedule like some like usually I would have like three days cast A two days cast B and then I'd have a sixth day where I would get scheduled sometimes just due to operational need um but if someone had to shift release if they got sick or if someone called in or something like that then they would have to pull someone from one cast to the other and I actually had one day where I did five shows and I was a different animal every single show. So in during my breaks, I was switching my makeup, pulling different costume pieces, oh, having, to, like, having to change my whole mindset of, okay, I'm not the elephant anymore, so I'm not gonna grab the hyena's jacket. This time I'm snake, so I have to get the carabiner set for the bird to fly. So I, you have to kind of like change your mindset a little bit and think, okay, this is my blocking. I mean, once you're doing it six days a week, like it comes quick. But it's just kind of funny. You have to think, oh, I've been zebra all day, and now all of a sudden I'm giraffe. <laughs> so, it's, so, That's yeah, usually what I think to myself. I think that to myself on a day-to-day basis. You know what? I'm not a zebra today. I'm a giraffe. <laughs> Isn't that just a regular person problem? Like <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> no, and I do have to say, so one really great thing, though, as far as the entertainment world goes at Disney World, You've got your parades that, and I've been in the parades. They're 35 to 45, 40 minute parades. And you're out in the hot heat at 3 p.m., sometimes in a heavy um, fur costume. And it is just like, like sweltering and you're just sweating like crazy. So to be in the Festival of the Lion King, you're in an air conditioned um, theater and you get to take a break in between every number you do. So like we start with the processional and once you see it, it'll, this will all make more sense. But we start with the opening, the, um, you know, the, ah, that whole part. Yeah. <laughs> so of course. <laughs> the, it's, it, the animals like kind of come out, they've got the kind of the, um, smoke machines going to make it all look exotic and exciting. And it's kind of dark and we all kind of creep in and then it's this big opening. And then you bring out the, um, you bring out the uh, floats with Simba, the giraffe, the elephant, and Pumbaa on them. And then you get to take a break while the monkeys do their thing. And then you get out and dance during Be Prepared. And then the birds do their thing. And then you get out and do Circle of Life. And then there's a whole mega mix part. So we got kind of breaks where we sit on the float and we get to watch the spectacle of the bird and, or the two birds dancing to Can You Feel the Love Tonight and stuff. So it was kind of neat that we got little breaks in between each number and it was just for that Florida heat, it's so nice to be in an air conditioned theater. <laughs> no, I would, I would totally imagine. Yeah. Being, 
I've just heard sometimes little horror stories of just, yeah, being out in the heat in the costume all day long. But it's good that you were able to to have that kind of break, just able to watch the show a little bit. Um, yeah, very different from my second college program experience, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... I mean, I'm sure there's a plenty of things to tell about the the show, and I honestly, I wish I I've seen the show so I could mm-hmm. a- probably ask more questions. Uh, but what what else about the show uh, that actually l- I want to backtrack a bit? So, what was it about the Festival of the Lion King show that you just you love so much that it was your dream to be on the show? So, ever since Lion King came out in what 19. 19- 94 three four yeah i think it was four yeah yeah pretty sure four um it was my favorite movie since then and even before that movie ever came out for some reason when i was little i would watch nature shows and i always wanted to go to africa it was like top of my bucket list from very very early on um 94 how old was i eight so yeah so for since a very young age i really loved the lion king and so when the park opened and there was a show the music, like, I can hear the Lion King music and I could just be like a ball of tears. I don't know what it is, but there is something about the music and the story and Africa and everything. I just, it resonates with me. Like, I absolutely love it. And so I think even though I'm, you know, little girl from Utah, I feel like my soul is African a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just, I love it. I've always loved it. And so being in that show was just a dream for me. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, the score from Lion King is definitely one, probably one of the best of all time. I mean, Han, oh. Hans Zimmer, who's the composer, he's, I listen to movie scores on a daily basis. And, so do I. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Hans Zimmer's always on my playlist, and I listen to Lion King a lot. Um, I thought what they actually, I wasn't a big fan of the new movie, but I thought what they did with the score enhanced it a bit more. And I, I really like what they did a lot. Uh, it actually yeah. kind of reminded me a bit more of like music from the animal kingdom. kind of had some, some yeah. vibes there. It did. Yeah. It was really good. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and I mean, being a dancer my whole life, like I definitely, you know, veer towards certain styles and Afro African like dance, like Afro jazz has always been something that I really enjoy doing. And so the style of dance in the Lion King was also something that I was really excited to be a part of. Oh, awesome. So, so cool. Now just, I mean, again, like I was saying, I don't know much about the Lion King shows. So tell me some fun, like facts about the Lion King show uh, that you would like to share or just some, some fun memories that you had with the show or pretty much any, yeah. anything else you want to share about it. Yeah, I have a a few things actually that are super fun. So um, when you were talking about kind of the day-to-day, when I first started, um, and I kind of, I touched on this a little bit on my first um, college program when I was telling you about that, how when I, when me and my sister got there, we kind of encountered a couple, you know, not so friendly. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. People, I mean, most everyone was fantastic, but it was just kind of, we, when you're so excited to be at Disney and then people kind of bring you down a little bit, it's like, well, hey, no, I'm so excited to be here. So when I first started at Lion King, like I was so excited and I mean, not over the top, like I'm very self-aware, but you know, just, I was very excited to be there. And I think there were some people who, in fact, one of my best friends to this day, he told me, he said, Elise, when I met you, I hated you. I oh, said, geez. Why? <laughs> I said, why? It made me so sad to hear. And he goes, cause I just, I thought you were just like fake and like way too happy for life. And I said, 
well, I'm just happy to be at Disney. Like, <laughs> I, I truly am this way. He's like, no, I know that now. He's like, once I got to know you, I realized that's just the way you are. And he's like, but yeah, there were a few of us that like really hated you. I said, that's oh, unfortunate. <laughs> but anyway, I, everyone warmed up. Hopefully. I mean, I don't think I was everyone's cup of tea, but I, most people warmed up. But um, we, during our lunches, um, I would, I got people to play games because there was a while where people during lunch, they were just kind of sitting on their phones. No one was really doing anything. And I thought, let's play a card game. So I grabbed Monopoly Deal and we all played. And then it became this thing where they'd be like, all right, Elise is ready for her activities. So everyone would gather and we would all play activities during our lunches and just like play these stupid games. But we would laugh so hard. And we just the camaraderie, like we all became so close and it was just such a great thing. And then um, just a memory I have me and two of my uh, two of my close friends there, David and Omar. The three of us were huge pranksters. (laughs) <laughs> and so we would do things to people backstage, like scare people and, you know, they'd fall to the ground or something, you know, just dumb things like that. But we would pull pranks on people while we were on stage or we would play games on stage and not to the point where it messes with the choreography or the blocking because they have um, staging specialists who come to make sure that show quality is upkept and you just ha- you have to be doing you know, a good job because it's, it's Disney. You have to have a quality show. So it was little things that the audience would never notice unless they knew it was going on. So like we would have certain shows where we would do like, um, do like jazz style. And so like, if we were ever doing anything freestyle, we had to act like we were Gene Kelly in singing in the rain, or we would have like a penny that we would have to pass throughout the show. And whoever ended up with the penny lost I mean, just dumb things like that yeah so stuff that the audience would never know was happening but all of us are like getting a kick out of it and it was just uh just dumb things like that <laughs> that's um, so cool i think i think things like that especially like the, with the activities at lunch it, like it just builds better camaraderie and i think that yeah. can really show in in your performance uh because like if you're just if you don't have like a connection, I mean, again, I don't know much about dance or anything, but yeah, you have to have that connection with like your partner or, or your team. And if you're not, if you're not in sync, I mean, it could, could screw everything up. So I think what you did probably helped out a lot and not only made you better, but made the show better and everyone else around you better just by oh. having that camaraderie. Yeah. 100%. I can attest because when I, it was actually, it was closer to when I first started, there were certain days that I would get there and there were people who just, they don't, like in a personal level, like they don't get along and it would read and show. And it just wasn't like shows just didn't go as well. And there wasn't that energy. And then there were certain shows where if you got the group that really clicked, it was magic. Like you had the singers just like giving it their all because the dancers are feeding off their energy to the singers. So the singers want to give off their best. And it was just crazy. When you see the show, that the end during mega mix when everyone's doing the in the circle in it's like just so it's like like everyone says take me to church like everyone is living <laughs> and when you get one of those really good casts it is just i'm like shaking thinking about it like it's just so exciting it's such a great <laughs> such a great time well it's fun to see that you're just so passionate about it i mean i know we you were excited to talk about it last episode but we had to wait till this one yeah um, <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, was there anything else uh, about that show? I mean, I'm sure you could talk for hours about it, but what yeah. are, what, were there any other standout moments from you working yeah, on the show? Yeah, cool, a cool thing about, um, well, just being at Disney in general is celebrities come to visit um, the Disney parks. And so occasionally we would have a celebrity in the, the VIP section of the show 
And so we saw random people like, who did we see? Samantha Brown from Travel Channel. Scotty Pippen was there one day. Joey Fatone from NSYNC was there, but he's there all the time because he lives in Orlando. So he would come a lot. Um, But one person that was really, this was a really cool experience. So before the world of Avatar opened, James Cameron came to see Zoe. He's like, yes. he's literally one of my idols. My two favorite really? movies. Well, my two favorite movies of all time. Even I think I just talked about it on another show. My one of my tattoos is from Aliens and then Terminator Two, and I liked those as a kid before I even knew who James Cameron was. But now he's like, he's my idol. Titanic, I oh. love. Avatar is like one of my favorites. Yeah, so he's my idol. Well, cool. Yeah, so he came to see show, and his whole purpose in being there was because. He wanted to look at us in costume. He wanted to, because under our, under the big like raffia, like African raffia costumes that we wear, we wear these unitards. And so he wanted to see us and he wanted to like see the material. So he came back and he was like checking us all out as performers, checking out us in costume. He was looking at people and for avatars, you know, he definitely needs like a tall, slender look. And so he was kind of grabbing, um, some people to like do some fitting type stuff on and like work with and so we got to kind of mingle with James Cameron backstage talking about the future of the world of Avatar before it ever was well wait so so what what year again was this this was 2010 and 11 is when I was there oh so this was like so this was like really pre-planning before the park was even Mm -hmm. I don't even know if the park was announced yet I don't think it was it was just backstage kind of hush hush and so we knew about it all and we knew that our stage would be moving like we knew all of this stuff before the public knew and it was very like oh that's really neat yeah Mm -hmm. yeah because i don't think it was announced until maybe 2012 i want to say yeah i i can't remember the year but yeah it was it was yeah yeah it was 12 or 13 then it came it's it was oh it opened 2017 yeah Oh, that's so cool, though. Oh, I'm really so jealous. Oh, that James was Cameron. that was a cool experience. And I'm trying to, off the top of my head, think of other people. I know there were other cool people, but I'm drawing a blank. But anyway, so that was fun. Um, and this this is kind of, um, well, I'm trying to think if I want to switch gears to that yet or not. But I have, because I have another, like, funny experience from Lion King. But I also have a cool celebrity experience that does not involve Lion King. But it kind of transitions <laughs> well, into something else. <laughs> yeah, well then we'll we'll go to the we'll we'll, we'll stay on Lion King for now. Uh, we're we're about halfway through the episode, and then uh, yeah, okay. we'll start switching gears soon. But yeah, what, what yeah. about what else about the Lion King? So just um, I can't remember who was in the audience. I think it was just one of the staging specialists. I was like, you know trying to be impressive, try to give it my all, my best show. And at the very end of the show, we were um, doing our Serafinas. It's just, it's an African move. And you run around the stage um, at the very end. You're, everyone's kind of, the whole stage is moving. Like everyone's doing stuff. And I'm running around and somehow caught my toe and tripped. And it wasn't just one of those like, oh, you would have missed it if you didn't see it. I full on fell down and rolled twice. My headdress came off. My big oh. snake headdress came off. So I'm just like a hair, a net of hair. And I sprained my wrist. <laughs> oh, no. And it was, and I, it's amazing I didn't run into one of the stilt walkers because that would have been, that would have been horrible um, to bring one of them down because they would have got really hurt. But um, that was just one of those memories that wasn't one of my more pleasant memories. But I can laugh about it now because I think as an audience member, I would have died laughing. At the, how, how I must have looked like it was 
<laughs> it was horrible. Well, they, they, they caught something rare that happens at Disney where mista yeah. like, mistakes happen. Like, that's pretty rare. So. <laughs> Do you ever see on YouTube, like, the top fails? among like characters and things when someone falls down or something happens. I haven't, you know what? I haven't seen like a compilation video, but now I need to look it up, but I've seen like- Look it up. Yeah, I've seen like character fails and stuff, and I just feel so bad because it's gotta be just so embarrassing for them. Yeah. I mean, even even on the show, we've had people who played characters in the past and just talk about some of the embarrassing things that they ha had happened to them. And yeah, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. But so, funny at the same time. It is. It's great. Now that it's now that it's in the past, I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the days there were just some of the best days of my life. Like, you know, kind of. I mean, I did other things during those two years that I was at Disney, um, which we can probably get into. But Lion King was definitely the icing on the cake for me because it was something I wanted to do for so long. And um, there were other like, there were other shows that I could have been cast in. You know, five days, but. I got to stay over at Lion King and that's exactly where I wanted to be. And I was there five, six days a week. We actually, my friend that I learned the show with, she was from uh, Pennsylvania. She and I learned show together and we became best friends. Um, she and I did a rough count of how many shows we must have done while we were there. And it was over 2000. Oh, wow. Cause you're doing, you know, an average of four shows a day six days a week five usually six actually i say five or six sometimes six but it usually was six um six days a week for two years and then i think about the people who have been there there are some people doing show today that have been there since 1998 and i think how many shows have they done they're still <laughs> doing it from 98 there's some there's a singer one of when you go see the show the main uh the main dude he's got this big fur headdress on his name's kiyume and he's the leader of the group so there's four singers that are the main kind of narrators, singers of, they kind of push along the show. Okay. He has been, his name is Veryl. He's fantastic. He's so talented, so kind backstage. Um, just this big, awesome black dude that is like, you just want him to be your dad. Like he's incredible. Uh -huh. <laughs> I love him. Uh -huh. And he's been doing the show as one of the singers um, since 1998. So. And there's a few, there's a couple others who have been doing it as well. So I, in various roles, whether they're dancers or singers, hyenas, uh, doing the fire knife twirling, you know, things like that. So people are really loyal. <laughs> yeah, no, sure. Sounds like it. Um, yeah. So before we, we kind of switch gears, I, I'm just curious what, with all those shows doing it, you said four times a day, six days a week, like. What did that do on your body physically? Like, did it take a toll on you? Because you talked a little bit last time about how just being a costume character in those costumes were, but yeah. I can't imagine dancing for, for all that time. It did. My body was used to dancing because I was, even when I was at home, I was taking class several times a week and I've just been doing it my whole life. So that was, that was um, a, a perk, I guess, for the situation. Um, but you're dancing essentially on concrete. Like the stage is kind of this hard, it's, it's smooth obviously, but it's like a, like a cement floor basically. And I would have, I had back issues. People, they actually keep a trainer on site, um, all day for if there's people that need like muscles rubbed out or, um, things like that. Or if it's more serious, they can send them to, um, to be checked out at the doctor, you know? But, um, yeah, I had like plantar fasciitis in my feet every now and then it would kind of creep up every now and then. Um, and then I just had like kind of muscular spine, uh, things that would kind of go off and on like with any sport or anything. It yeah, just kind of yeah. is an off and on injury. 
most of the time I was good, but it's funny if I go and like onto YouTube and I happen to see a video of myself, I can see in my performance, oh, that was a day that my back was hurting or, oh, hey, I was, I was doing pretty good that day. <laughs> Wait, how, how can I find, you're going to have to send me one of these videos. I need to. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love, I, I, I don't want to spoil the whole show for me, but I would love to see just you and in, in part of the show if there's something out yeah. there. I have my own videos and then um, I, if I search like specific dates, I can find myself on YouTube. I actually, this is kind of a secret that I haven't really told anyone, but there is one show that I did find on YouTube. I happened to see me and my friend goofing off at the very beginning. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and I was like, oh no, because we, in the beginning, we're kind of paying homage to the animal in the middle and all of us are up in the middle and it's supposed to be kind of like, this light, airy, and then me and my friend kind of like start crumping with our arms. Do you know what crumping is? Um, I know the term, but the I don't term. Know, yeah, I don't know what it actually is. It's it's a hip hop term. I'm not a hip hop dancer. I'm not a crumper, but we just kind of like are doing it like to be funny. And it's only for a split second. You'd never really notice if you didn't know what was going on. But when I found that, I was like, oh my gosh, someone caught that on video. <laughs> <laughs> well, you definitely have to send me that video. I need to see it. <laughs> yeah, I'll send. I'll find it and send it to you. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Well, cool. That's, I mean, that sounds amazing. I honestly cannot wait to see Festival of the Lion King now. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, that's cool that you were able to leave your dream out and, and do that. I mean, I think you put your mind to it for a really long time. And I think with any dream, that's how it kind of just becomes real. So, yeah, um, it was amazing. Uh, Awesome. Cool. Well, let's, uh, let's, so let's switch gears. So what, so you were there for two years. So what kind of happened after the Festival of the Lion King? So I did Festival of the Lion King from start to finish the entire two years that I was there. Okay. But intermittently, um, I was approached uh, by casting um, to do a couple different roles. And one of those was um, I was one of the dancers for the Disney Dream Cruise Ship uh, christening event. And um, so Jennifer Hudson, the singer, she was known as like the godmother of that ship. So she was there as the main uh, performer, uh, the celebrity guest. And then we got to go to rehearsals over in Cape Canaveral where the ship docks um, and do rehearsals in the mornings and execs like Bob Iger were there and things like that. So we got to meet those people and do the big live performance of the christening of the Disney, uh, the Disney dream cruise ship. And so that was one of the things I got to do that was just kind of out of the ordinary, really exciting. It's always fun to do like special events, especially when they're big media events like that. Um, so that was one out of the ordinary thing I got to do. Yeah, no, that's that's really neat. That's, that's yeah. Cool. yeah. And then um, another one was, are you familiar with Star Wars Weekends? They oh, don't of course. Do yeah. Anymore. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in Star Wars Weekends, um, I had the first year that I was there, um, I had auditioned to be a part of it. And um, I got kept till the very end for a specific character. Are you familiar with Star Wars characters? Do you know who Asajj Ventress is? Uh, oh, wait. Don't tell me you were Asajj Ventress. I was not. Oh, okay. Yeah, she, <laughs> she is a um, she's a Sith uh, Lord, she, but she's only been in the, the, the cartoon shows, like the Clone, the Clone Wars. Wars. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I got held to the end uh, for her, but I ended up not getting it. Oh, um, the girl that did it was uh, someone who had been doing her a couple years prior or maybe just a year prior because I think Clone Wars was pretty new at that point um and then the the second year that I was there when Star Wars Weekends was coming up again they were having auditions I was actually working the entire day and couldn't go to the audition 
Um, and I was kind of bummed since I had gotten so far the first time I thought maybe I'll get it this time, but I couldn't go because I was scheduled and I couldn't get anyone to take my shift. Mm. So about three or four days after auditions happened, I got off stage from show at Lion King and they came over the big, the loudspeaker. Cause that's how they kind of communicated with the cast as a whole to let people know when things were happening. Um, they communicated over the loudspeaker. They said, Elise, if you're backstage yet, you have a phone call from casting. And it was very rare for casting to kind of reach out like that. Cause usually you just kind of see things that appear on your schedule. And so everyone was like, why is casting calling you? So I was like, I don't know. So I get to the phone and it is Soroya, my Disney yeah. angel, my casting <laughs> angel. And she says, Elise, I noticed you weren't at Star Wars Weekend's auditions. Are you interested? And I said, very much so. And she said, okay, well, I need an Ara Singh if you're interested. Do you know who Ara Singh is? Um, I'm blanking. I The name was familiar, but I'm, I'm blanking on, the, on who it is. She's one of the... Um, one of the uh, assassins um, who works for Cad Bane, and she's the one that's bald and then has the big brown ponytail that comes out the back. Ara Singh, Ara Singh. Um, I'm looking I'm it up real quick. I'm going to send you a picture. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's like, she, hey. yeah, okay. I'm sure she's like, like bad A. Yeah, I'm sure any Star Wars fan, you've you've definitely seen her before. You just might, know, might not know the name. She's very pale. Right. Like yeah. you said, bald, but like a big ponytail coming out of the top of her head. Okay. Yeah. She's got like the, the, the unitard on. She's got the huge pistols. Like... Yeah. She's pretty BA. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she said that they needed someone for that. And I was like, so on board. So anyway, what? I got cast for that. What? I need it. You better have photos of this. I need to see yeah. what this looks. <laughs> I do. I had a friend come take pictures and she got some good ones. So oh, that man, that's amazing. What? It was, it was so incredible. So my very first shift uh, for that role was coming in and having my head fit in plaster because they had to fit the bald cap to my head exactly. So it was a four-hour call. I just had my head fit in plaster. And then the second call that I had was um, to go in and have them do full makeup on me. And one of the makeup artists from the Star Wars movies actually did my makeup. Oh, no kidding. Well, I know she made a, um, a guest, like a cameo in Star Wars Episode One back in the early yes. 90s. So maybe that was the same person. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, actually, the person who did the makeup didn't do R. Singh's makeup. They just are one of the makeup artists for Star Wars in general. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But so my makeup was based off the Clone Wars version of R. Singh. Okay. And so it's all, the, it's much more intricate. She has like the deep set eyes. I wish. What I, year was I this? This was 2011 that I did this. Okay. So I wish I could show you video at this point, but like the intricacies of putting on the makeup, they had to airbrush like shading to make it, to make like my bones pop out more. So like I would have to like turn my wrist a specific way so that my tendons would pop out so that they could airbrush in between my tendons. I'd have to like flex my clavicles out so they could airbrush and make the, like make shading in my clavicles. And like my cheekbones had to be super sunken in and, just all these different things that just totally transformed my entire look. And I had to put in these huge contacts and um, do the bald cap. They had to put makeup over the bald cap. And then they had to spray uh, like airbrush abs onto my unitard on the outside of my unitard so that I looked like I had these like mass, like major six pack abs huh. and all this stuff. And like, so my 
my original look, I had to be the build that they needed for our scene, but then they just enhanced it with all the makeup, like just made it look like bone almost like it was kind of just, you know, the way our scene looks. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking so, at um, some photos of our from star Wars weekends and I saw people had put years in your photos. So that's why I asked what year it was. Oh yeah. Um, but I'm not seeing a 2011. So, well, and there was, there was two of us that did it. So we, um, rotated days basically. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I'm just looking, this is like intense. This is really, yeah. this is really cool. It took four and a half hours to get makeup on each Ooh, morning. Geez. Yeah. And then about an hour and a half to remove everything after the day was over. But your days were super long because you had to be in at 6 a.m. to be ready for the, um, the parade where everybody walks up to the stage at Hollywood Studios. Uh, by I think the parade was at like 10.30 or 11 is when you had to be ready by. And then you'd do the big opening thing on the stage with all the pyrotechnics. And then you'd have all of your, like each year they have um, celebrity guests from Star Wars. So like um, Anthony Daniels, who's C-3PO, he was there. Uh, the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi from Clone Wars was there. Uh, the voice of Ahsoka Tano. So um, these people are all there along with us being the characters. And so we do the whole opening. And then throughout the day, I would just do sets where I would kind of roam the park and, you know, sign autographs and you know, take pictures of people and things like that. Um, and then at the end of the night, we would do the hyperspace hoopla, which is kind of this spoofy Star Wars show at the end of the night where all the Star Wars characters do like a dance off between the rebels and the dark side. And every Star Wars character imaginable is in that show. And it's this high energy. We literally performed for 10,000 people each night. Like people, you know where the Star Wars stage is right up against uh, the Chinese theater. Uh, yes. People mm -hmm. were just packed from there all the way to the entrance of the park and wherever they could see. So it was like the closest I feel like I'll ever be to becoming a rock star because it was just this packed crowd <laughs> and it was just so intense and exciting and full of energy. So that was kind of a day in the life of our scene for Star Wars Weekends. That is one of the coolest things ever because I... Uh, I don't even know what to say. I'm just looking at the character now. I didn't realize she has like a big antenna sticking out of the top of oh, her head. Oh, yeah. That's to hear if Cad Bane needs her to go and kill someone. <laughs> oh, see, I, see this thing. Go I don't, take care of something. <laughs> that's so funny because I don't know her lore like at all. I know she's just, she was a, I think she was a popular character in the expanded universe in like the mm -hmm. books and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then I remember she, people were super excited in, in the Phantom Menace because she had like cameo in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't really know much about her, but that's super. And I see they have really long fingers. So didn't you say you were yeah. signing oh. autographs? <laughs> yes. Um, I'll have, I have video of me actually signing an autograph as well. So you'll have to, I may have to send you a couple things, but yes, um, you do. <laughs> like just learning how to hold a marker and like sign was crazy. And like, she has a specific autograph, like any character does. Um, and the cool thing about her is that she used to never talk. And the year that I did it was the first year that they were having her talk, but she didn't speak a lot. And it was supposed to be very like cynical or um, just so for any character, you know, you want to see as many kids as you can and, you know, have a moment with them and love them. But they said with our scene, they said, if a line starts to form wherever you are, you act like you're annoyed and walk away and just be like, oh, I'm done with this. And so to be, I, it was the only time I've ever been in a character where you have to just be like, 
disregard people if <laughs> it starts to get crazy. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. not how Disney is. And they're like, well, George Lucas wants his characters the way he wants his characters. So you have to do it. And so it was, it was a big thing. So. Yeah. So I'm curious, like what was, so how long up until Star Wars weekend did you have to train uh, for her character? Like, did you have like a couple weeks or a week? Like how, how, how long was it? It might, from my head plaster, um, day until going out was probably three or four weeks, which I actually, I missed that. So, um, in telling you that, so one of my, or a couple of my shifts were learning about her. So me and my two trainers just spent the entire day watching the entire Clone Wars series. And that was my shift. That was my shift for the day was learning. And then in between, in between watching episodes, they would take me out and I would have to learn how to walk like her. And she's a very like slinky walker, like very much like through her hips and her arms are kind of behind her and she has to like extend her fingers and it's very like stylized and you have to do it exactly how she does it. So a big part of my training was learning how to walk like her, how to act like her. Um, and watching the episodes was a big portion of that. Man, that's so neat. I didn't really, does she have a big part in the TV show? In the Clone Wars, she does. She yeah. Is? Okay. She's a big influencer to young Boba Fett. Oh, interesting. Okay. I got yeah. to, uh, I, I've always wanted to watch this sheer, series, so we'll have to start at yeah. some point. Okay. After, I didn't know who she was when I got offered her. And then when I started watching the series during my training, I was like, this chick, man, like she is awesome. <laughs> she's bad, but she's awesome. Oh, uh, that's like, this is like, I'm just like geeking out right now. Cause I just, this is so cool. This is so cool that you got to play this character. I can't wait to see photos of you in costume of this. Yeah. I'll send them over tonight. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm I might be looking at you already. I'm not sure. Cause there's like a million photos of her from star Wars weekends, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's a shame that they don't do... I mean, I know with Galaxy's Edge now, but yeah, I think they stopped Star Wars Weekends like a couple years ago or something. Or- yeah, so you don't get all the variety of characters as much because now they're really focusing on the Resistance. Like, you've got Rey and um, Kylo Ren. You've got all the newer characters. And so with they're not doing a Star Wars Weekend, they're not... You know, you can't have an R sing in the park if it, like daily when it takes four and a half hours to do her makeup, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which, if they did, I, I mean, I'd sign up. I'd totally do it. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the contacts. I don't wear contacts or glasses typically. And so putting those big, huge contacts into my eyes for the first time, I was my eyes were watering and they were like, don't smear the makeup. I was like, I'm trying not to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, but, that's neat. Was so... I oh, mean, I could talk. I could talk about her forever. Um, but yeah, we're we're kind of winding down on time. But I, I mean, I still. If you want to go a little bit longer, I'm more than willing. Um, yeah, I have a pretty cool story with the Star Wars stuff, actually. Yeah, let's yeah share it. I'd love to. I love to hear it. Yeah. So the year that I that I was able to do Star Wars weekends was the same year that um, the new Star Tours ride attraction opened. The Star Wars: The Adventure Continues, or oh, yeah. whatever it's called. So the mm-hmm. new version with the 3D glasses. So the new attraction was opening. Um, it was there was it was a year of kind of a few changes with Star Wars Weekends. They were doing some bigger things, and so I got to um, be in the parks. Um, I, I guess I should use my term friends with R. Singh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the day that Bob Iger and uh, Anthony Daniels again, C three PO, like they all came into the park to do a big promotional media event for Star Tours, um, the new Star Tours attraction, and so we went into the attraction to take media photos and when we were all walking in to get seated into the spaceship or what what do they call it the star cruiser 
Um, I mean, it's just the transport. That's all it is. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. The ride. We went and yeah. sat down in mm-hmm. the ride. And we walked in, and I happened to be on the same aisle that George Lucas and Anthony Daniels, Daniels were on, but I was a couple people back. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was just standing there, and they were like, you know, don't talk to them if they don't talk to you necessarily. So I was just kind of keeping to myself a little bit, but being in character. And because um, we were out in the park again, so we had to, you know, there's people around. We have to be in character. And George Lucas looks around um, a couple people, and he goes, well, look at you. And then Anthony Daniels looks at me and he goes, uh-uh, we want to sit by her. So Anthony Daniels grabs my arm and they pull me to sit next to them. <laughs> so I got to be on Star Tours, the new Star Tours for the first time with George Lucas and Anthony Daniels. And if you actually Google the media picture of the opening of that attraction, you can see a white arm sitting next to Anthony Daniels. But unfortunately, my face is not in the shot. So I don't have proof unless people are like, oh, yeah, that is your arm. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, but that was a really cool experience to be with the creator of Star Wars on Star Tours as a Star Wars character. Like, it, it was like, what? Is this real life? But That is just the, the coolest thing. Oh, yeah. And I think I'm looking at the photo. Yeah, I see a white arm right next to it. Yes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was like a Jawa right in front of him as well. Yes. Oh, Boba Fett was behind you. Yeah, and I think, is Chewbacca in the picture and, like, a few others? Yeah, I see Chewbacca in the back. Uh, then I see um, a few a few, yeah, a few Jedi that I remember from, like, episode two and three. I can't yeah. remember their names, but they're very uh, memorable. I think yeah. even Princess Leia and Luke are back there, but... Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's a shame. Yeah, I see, I see the white arm. <laughs> yes, good. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, that's so cool. That's a really neat story. That's really awesome. Yeah. Man, so, you had like the coolest experiences. That's <laughs> I I consider myself lucky. Like my Disney experience was super unique and just full of excitement. Like definitely had the time of my life. So when anyone says, Oh, I think I'm thinking of doing the college program or auditioning for Disney, I'm like, do it. <laughs> I met my husband there and it changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's awesome that you had that unique opportunity. Was there well, during those two years, were there any other opportunities like that? Uh, let's see. So I danced in the um, electrical parade as well. I was there was one summer where they were bringing the electrical parade back to Disney World after like 10 years. Like it hadn't been there since, I think, 2001. And then in 2010, they were opening this whole summer night tastic thing for Magic Kingdom and electrical parade was back. They were doing all this promotion for it. And um, so I got to be in the first group to um, learn Electrical Parade as one of the finale dancers, the patriotic finale dancers at the end, um, at the end of the parade. And so dancing in that was cool. I didn't do it super often just because I was at Lion King every day, Um, but I did it probably maybe like once or twice a month. Um, And that was really neat just because I'd watched that show since I was a baby. I mean, I remember being like three years old and watching that parade. And so to be in it was like kind of surreal. It was like, wow, is this really happening? So that was another cool opportunity I had during my full time there. Um, And then, um, I mean, just living there, like with my husband again, because I mean, again, we had our dating life there. So that was we had so many memories that we'd made. So when we went back to live there, it was just exciting to go to Epcot and go to Food and Wine Festival and hang out and um, just do fun things around the parks and um, just creating magic like as a couple as much as performers. 
Yeah, no, I would, I would imagine. Yeah, it's the two years down there. Sounds like they were amazing. And didn't you say your, um, your husband was working seasonally there as well? Yeah, he ended up transferring to uh, full time once we were down there. But he did entertainment, so he did a lot of character work. He, his main thing that he did is he was up on stilts. He was one of the stilt walkers in uh, the Move It, Shake It, Celebrate It street party at Magic Kingdom. Okay. And so it was a, a three time a day parade that they did. And he was one of the stilt walkers there. And he was he's not a dancer. He just went to workshops and kind of trained himself. And he got to learn a couple of parades. He did the Halloween parades, the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween parade. Um, he got to do a couple roles in that. So he was doing entertainment, but he was mainly over at Magic Kingdom daily. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. I'll have to talk to him at some point. I'm sure he's got a plethora of stories as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so we are winding down in time. We're almost at an hour. But on the last show, uh, you said that you had a very magical moment when you were a full-time cast member. Did we touch on it at all? Not yet. No. Okay. So, yeah, if you want to we'll share that story uh, and yeah. we'll, we'll kind of maybe end on that. Yeah. So um, during the two years that I was there... Um, like I said, I did the five different animals, the five different tracks in the Festival of the Lion King. Um, the one that I learned first was Snake, and I did that one probably the most. And um, and actually, if I can touch on one thing after this. Sure. Yeah, of course. Wrap. Okay. No, that's fine. So um, I did Snake most often, and I started recognizing, because, I mean, you're doing shows all the time. You're seeing different people all the time. But I started recognizing maybe like, once a month, maybe every other month, I noticed that there was a dad and his little girl always sitting in the warthog section, which is kind of where the snake resides most of the show, um, that they were always in the same spot. And I started noticing that I recognized them. How many How many and months do you think had, had gone by? I, I don't know. Um, I, it was probably maybe eight to ten months after I started working there that I started recognizing like, oh, this dad and his little girl, they come often. Um, okay. and so then every time, so I, once I realized, wait, I've, I've seen this girl before, um, there's a whole crowd, um, or an audience participation portion of the show during the weem away, part of the show where we get to go get kids out of the audience and kind of have these African shakers with them and let them dance on the stage a little bit. And so I went to grab her and found out her name was Taylor. Um, she was probably nine years old. Um, and she had some sort of, uh, mental disability, um, you know, inhibiting her. Um, and she just would get so excited every time she came to the show. And I found, um, kind of a connection with her. And during that time that we were dancing together and I said, all right, Taylor, let's take you back to your dad after we were done. So I took her back to her dad and her dad says, she loves watching you every time she comes. I said, do you guys come a lot? And he said, we do. So after that point, I start every time that I was in show that I happened to see them, I would get her up for the audience participation. And she and I just had this relationship. I probably got her up maybe eight times in the two years that I was there um, to dance with her. And so we just had this little friendship. And every time I would even come out on the stage, she would just ah, ah, get so excited. She would bounce <laughs> up and down. And there were times when I would take her back and her dad said, oh, yeah, we came last week and you weren't here. And, you know, they just happened to come on a day that I was off or something. Mm -hmm. But the days that I was there, she and I just got to dance together and create this little bond. And um, it was about eight months after I moved home 
back to Utah. My husband and I moved back home after we were there full time. Um, we went to celebrate our third wedding anniversary back at Disney World. So it was eight months after we'd been working there full time. We were waiting in line for an attraction in Fantasyland and I was zigzagging back and forth and I happened to notice this dad and the little girl and it was Taylor. And I went, oh my gosh. And I just, I started to ball and I was like, what? And his, the dad said, oh my gosh, you're the snake. I said, yes, it's me, Elise. And so I was me at this point, not the character, not yeah. the dancer. And I got to just have this moment with her and Taylor was so excited once she realized it was me. And I think I was 10,000 times more excited than she was because I thought, oh my gosh, it's my friend. And I'm seeing her in like a different area. And I, I mean, I hope she's still, you know, going strong too. Cause she was just the most special little girl and our little friendship from Festival of the Lion King now to being able to just see each other in a regular day life, kind of catch up with her was so special to me. Um, and I, you know, as Disney cliche, call it my magical experience. And so I'll cherish that little friendship forever. Oh, that's one of the sweetest stories I've ever heard. Like, I know it's, it's, it's got to be tough to make those kind of magical moments as a dancer because you're not particularly interacting with the crowd. Mm-hmm. But it's it's cool that you kind of just kind of seize this opportunity. You just you saw that she was here. She was always excited to see you. And you just you took that and just made her feel special. And that's that's awesome. That's, that's yeah. Little yeah. Taylor. Love her. Yeah, no, that's what, yeah, that's one of the cool, and what a weird coincidence that you happen to see them in the parks. I know, yeah. I was, it was like it was meant to be. It was so neat. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's really cool. Um, well, yeah, I was going to say that's, I mean, that is a great story to put the cherry on the top, but I know you, you, you wanted to, uh, the, to say one more thing. I'm not sure what yes. it was. Yeah. Yes. Just my last thing. So sure. my final day at Festival of the Lion King was a very emotional one when we had finally made the decision to move back home so that my husband could finish his degree. Um, it was emotional for me, emotional for him, emotional for my fellow cast members because we were all so close. And on my final day, my final performance, I was surprised. I was snake that day. I was surprised to find that several cast members who weren't in my cast that day, which, I mean, there's probably a hundred people who know the show, but you've got, you know, 10 dancers in it at a time, plus the five month or the four monkeys, you know, so there's not that many people in show at a time. So all my friends who did show with me, but weren't in it with me that day came to watch the show. And they filled up the entire Warthog section um, just in the front to watch me. And I probably cried throughout the entire show. And I remember during Circle of Life at the very, very end, they all just stood up and cheered and brought the house down. And all the performers like gave it their best show. It was one of those shows where it was just everyone was living. And um, that was probably one of the most special moments I've ever had in my entire life. Like if I can talk about like, Oh, what's the best day you've ever lived? Like that for sure was one of the greatest days because not only was I doing what I loved and I, you know, I had all the emotions because I knew it was my last time, but I just had so much love and support from these people who had become so special to me over those last couple of years. Um, and then funnily enough, when the show was over, we all went to the Simba float after the after the audience all filtered out of the theater. We all went to the Simba float to take a big group picture. And they said, Elise, let's put you up on the float with Simba up on Pride Rock. So I got to be up on the float and I had my legs, you know, crossed hanging down because I was sitting down. And we asked one of the operations guys that worked in the theater to take a picture for us. And so I have this huge group picture with all of these people. And 
ironically, the ops guy cut my head off of the picture. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and so I have my last day. I have just my legs in the photo, but I've got everybody who was there showing their love and support. And it's one of my favorite photos. And it was just, it was the greatest last day ever. And it was just the perfect finish to the most magical experience. Man, the, that's, that's truly special that everyone came out and did that for you. I mean... This was your dream. This was your dream yeah. to do that. And it's, that's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I am a little like watery in my eyes a little bit because just like, <laughs> well, because I'm just so happy that that moment was able to happen for you. But it's, I mean, it's just to you, that's gotta be so special. And I know, I know what that feels, that feels like. And oh, that's, yeah. that's really, that's really awesome. Yeah, so it was the best two years. <laughs> yeah, no, and it, I'm sure it was very sad to, to come to an end. Um, how, I mean, was there ever any thought of you guys ever going back at all? I mean, I know it's you have kids now, but with but before that, like, was there any thought of ever going back? There was, um, and kind of careers and um, having kids kind of, you know, roller coaster that that thought a little bit. Um, but we're actually in a moment in our life where um, my husband is, he's been applying for a couple of different jobs, more with corporate things at Disney or management positions with Disney. Um, and I mean, maybe we'll talk about this in the future. Maybe we won't, maybe nothing will come of it, but there is an audition happening here in Salt Lake City on October 1st. And it will be the first audition that I will have gone to since working there. And I'm oh. actually, we, me and my sister are going. And my husband wants to go too. He's like, I want to go for fun. So <laughs> all of us, after all this time, are going to go audition. And I know, I mean, I'm 33, so maybe it sounds like I'm old, but I, I've still got, I've still got my dance, and I've been keeping in shape. So I'm, you know, hoping, you know, maybe something will come of it. And we're kind of in a place right now where we could move if we really wanted to. So maybe we'll be oh, heading back. I'm look not at sure. that. Look at so, that. The I mean, dream isn't dead. That's awesome. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be able to like take my kids to Disney World any chance I get, you know? Yeah, <laughs> if I no. live there, there you go. No, uh, no, I totally get it. I, I wish I was down there. I don't think I ever will be, but uh, yeah, we'll, who knows? Never say never, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, well, Elise, the, the two hours that I've, I've spent with you and I'm uh, knowing you now, I, I'm sure we could have done a lot more. Um, but these are, these are two great hours, uh, just chatting with you and you had honestly some of the best stories. I mean, uh, no joke, the, the, um, Aura Singh story, like I am just geeking out so hard about, and <laughs> I can't wait to see photos so of you. I. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine, but yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see yeah, the photos and videos uh, that you have. Um, but yeah, this was, this was great. Um. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show. This is this has been awesome. Thank you for having me. Like I said last time, like if I can, you know, get a chance to kind of talk about it and reminisce, like, because I'm talking about things I haven't talked about in a while. And so it, it just takes me back and it's it's so fun. Yeah. No, it's fun. Um, well, like last time, I want to make sure people know where they can find you. Uh, so how, how can people find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram, uh, Disney Dreamfinder, at Disney Dreamfinder just kind of run an Instagram showing um, my experiences that I had as a cast member, new experiences that I have as a mom, fun tips and tricks and all the behind the scenes stuff sometimes. And you can follow me there. Disney Dreamfinder. Excellent. Yeah. I'll make sure to link that in the show notes so everyone could easily find uh, her. And um, I know last time we, we talked about like, cause I always put the background music within the episodes. 
Uh, and last time you had said for this episode you would do Adventureland. So is that uh, is that something you still want to keep? That or if you have like Animal Kingdom music, it might be more fitting. Like just like maybe Africa, like Harambe Village. I don't know. If yeah, I, I got plenty of that. Yep. Not, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, that might be more fitting. And I love that music too. Like I said, I connect with the with the African stuff. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Elise, thank you again. This is this has truly been a pleasure. And uh, I, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I just I, I might if there is honestly, if there's more for you to share, I would love to have you come back on. Um, yeah, just, definitely. Yeah. So, well, well awesome. Well, and again, good luck with uh, the, your audition in October. That's good. That's gonna be really cool. I can't wait to hear all about it. Yeah, I'll keep you updated. For sure. All right. Well, thank you, Elise. I appreciate it. And I uh, hope you have a good night. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Elise. Man, I just loved that episode. Elise, you just had so many great stories. And I I swear, I really did geek out uh, with Aura Singh. I knew I knew the name, but yeah, as soon as I saw a photo of her, I was just like, wow, that's cool. And I could totally see you as Aura Singh from the Star Wars universe. Just so neat. I loved all your stories with the Festival of the Lion King. And honestly, I can't wait to go check out that show for the first time. I know, just don't hate me that I haven't seen it, but don't worry. I I plan on seeing it in this upcoming trip. But wow. So yeah, Elise, uh, thank you again so much for coming on the show. It was a blast having you on here. Uh, And yeah, hopefully all you listeners really enjoyed that episode as much as I did. And if if for some reason you didn't listen to her first episode, again, make sure you go back and listen to episode 94. Well, that is going to wrap it up for this episode. Make sure you are subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, or however you listen to podcasts. And if you can, please leave a review. It'll really help out the show. And make sure you are checking us out at excesspresspodcast.com where you'll find all the latest episodes. You'll see some of the photos and videos on the post um, that um, uh, we have here for Elise. So hopefully I can get some videos and put them up, uh, but they should be there. Uh, And then also follow me on social media if you're not doing so already. You can follow me at excesspresspodcast on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, And then also, if you were a previous cast member and you would like to be on the show, hey, shoot me an email, matt at excesspresspodcast.com and let me know if you have any questions. Uh, Well, that's it, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this episode and for your support of the show. This is Matt from the Excess Press Podcast signing off. Until next time, travelers. We hope to see you next week. And remember to seize the future with excess. Bon voyage.